Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hello and welcome to a special edition of the Roto World Baseball Podcast. I'm DJ Short. What you hear in this episode is something we worked on earlier this week and we're calling it the Roto World Midseason Classic. Basically, we broke down everything that you need to know from the first half, looking back at March drafts, uh, looking back at surprises, disappointments, but also looking ahead to the second half, talking about prospects maybe to stash for the second half as well. Um, so I think you'll enjoy it. Uh, it was recorded for video, but I think it translates well uh, to a podcast as well. So hope you guys enjoy it, and we'll see you again soon. Hello, and welcome to the Roto World Midseason Classic. I'm DJ Short, and I'm joined here by Drew Silva and Ryan Boyer. And basically what we're here to do is to break down the first half, all the surprises, the disappointments, the high-profile players, the big standouts during the first half, and also look at look ahead to the second half and what to expect moving forward. So before we get into everything here, let's just do general takeaways from this first half, things you've observed. Home runs, man. Yeah. I Fingers. mean, I don't know about you guys, but when I'm setting my lineup for the week and I, I look at my last few pitcher spots, I kind of get a panic attack yeah. and break into sweats. And it's really hard to have any confidence in, especially the last few pitcher slots in your in your lineup and that also because of all the home runs you know if you're taking a, a guy with that can hit 23 home runs but doesn't have a good average you know doesn't provide any stolen bases he's kind of useless these days in fantasy so with apologies to Albert Pools, I still love you Albert. <laughs> right. Yeah I think the, the first thing that pops into my head beyond the home run totals going up and up is bullpen management bullpen usage teams forever have talked about oh we want to use um, our best relievers in the most high, high leverage spots, whether that's the seventh inning, the eighth inning, not necessarily leaving our closer until the ninth inning. And they're finally doing it now mm-hmm. a lot more than they did. I think it's because there's new blood in the managerial ranks, like Rocco Baldelli of the Twins, some forward-thinking guys, Kevin Cash of the Rays. So they're actually doing it. And so it's, it's frustrating uh, for someone who plays fantasy and especially people who analyze fantasy. Good for real life, bad for fantasy. Yeah. Right. And right. another thing about bullpens this year, that bullpen ERA is way up on the rise. It's the highest uh, reliever ERA combined since the year 2000. So um, bullpenning not working out as yeah. many expected. Yeah. Another, th- another big storyline during the first half is all the impact young players and rookies we've seen. And not necessarily the ones we expected. I think coming into the year we were saying Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Uh, Eloy Jimenez, but instead it's been Fernando Tatis Jr., uh, Pete Alonso with the Mets, uh, Chris Paddock with the the Padres has been outstanding, even Austin Riley recently. So we'll talk more about prospects later on with our prospects guru, Christopher Crawford. Before we get into everything else in our show today, 
For around-the-clock MLB news, rumors, injury reports, depth chart changes, analysis, and more, go to rotoworld.com. We got you covered all season long. So we're going to jump into, if you remember back in March, we did our mock draft. Mm -hmm. And so what we're going to do is just take a little bit of temperature, see how we did in that mock. So we're going to get started here with the top, the top 15 hitters that were, were taken in that draft. So uh, obviously Mike Trout at the top here, Mookie Betts, that was sort of undisputed going into the year. But who really stands out in this top 15 is Jose Ramirez. I think he was sort of, you know, the consensus top number three hitter in drafts this spring, but definitely hasn't worked out as planned. We could spend the whole show talking about what's wrong with Jose Ramirez and probably not come up with any good answers. Right. Um, I mean, do you guys have, have a theory? Maybe he's just not that it's, good of a player. I mean, it's his struggles date back to last August too. Right. It's last six weeks of last season. He was really, really bad, and right. obviously that's carried over. He has what five home runs right now. Right. No, no power he's, at all. I mean, he's basically turned into Billy Hamilton. He's a steals only guy <laughs> right. at this point. You know, right. his hard hit rate's down a little bit. He's hitting a lot of fly balls. Mm-hmm. I almost think he might be hitting a few too many fly balls. Right. Uh, but, yeah, it's really been perplexing with Ramirez, certainly. The past couple of weeks, he's been a little bit better. So, you know, maybe you can be optimistic going into the second sure. half, perhaps. But 325 slugging percentage. I don't think we ever would have expected that. Nope. Trey Turner has been a letdown, but that's injury-related. And uh, since he returned, he's, you know, returned value, so to speak. The steals, a little bit of power, good batting average. Uh, looking back, Christian Yelich, you know, should have been the consensus number three overall pick. And... I mean, it, it's easier to say that now in hindsight, but p- maybe people should have been making that argument uh, back in March because he was a five-category stud last year in his first year in a really good hitting environment in Milwaukee, and he's doing it to even greater levels this year. Yeah, and I, I was uh, a guy who kind of uh, thought he was being a little bit overdrafted in Italy, uh in March, but it's a large reason for that is because he hits so many ground balls. But this year, right. guess what? He's hitting a lot of fly balls now. Right. And yet, what, 35% home run to fly ball rate last year. It's at like 33% this year, basically the same. And he's running more as well. So right. he's just been a five-category monster. So someone, I think, had high expectations going into the year. Bryce Harper signing uh, with the Phillies. Hasn't really worked out as hoped, obviously, so far. And I found an interesting number as I was researching on Bryce Harper. The contact rate has dropped steadily over the past four seasons. He was at 79.2% back in 2016. So far this season, 68.4%. I think we all expect good numbers for him as the season moves along, but I think the ceiling might be a little He's bit on, lower. Harper's on pace for 114 RBIs, which would yeah, be a, good a career high by far. Yeah. It is due to the lineup, but that's yeah. why we were excited to draft him because he's moving into a right. power-friendly environment in Philly with a really deep lineup around him. He had 100 RBI season in Washington. Right. So Amazing. And his, his home run to fly ball rate's actually down this year, even though he's in Philly now and given the environment that we're in. Right. So it's I probably do rise quite a bit. There's a good second half yeah. coming with yeah. you. So now we're going to look at the actual top 15 hitters. And this Yelich fellow is number one on the list. Not a shock there. Uh, but Cody Bellinger, someone who wasn't necessarily drafted high um, this spring. I think there was questions about the production against left-handed pitching, uh, especially. But he's just been a monster from day one. Yeah, I'm in this auction keeper league where you have to pay $5 on top of what you paid last year for a player. And I had Bellinger at $32, so it would have been $37 to keep him, and I passed. I was like, mm. that's pretty rich. So maybe I should just walk off the set. <laughs> we can do a two-man show. You guys don't. Okay, <laughs> you don't need me. Anymore. Yeah, I mean, he's uh, Bellinger is just 
cut down his strikeouts dramatically. Right. Strikeouts way down, walks are up. All the StatCast data is just elite. I mean, you just go to the Baseball Savant page and you see the all red for Cody right. Bellinger. That's a, that's Sprint a good speed sign. included. Yeah. He's yeah. a really yeah. fast guy as well. Yeah. Josh Bell has almost doubled his home run total from last year. Has already surpassed his RBI total from last year. Currently, currently leads all major league hitters in RBIs. Uh, nobody saw that coming. 241st overall pick in the average Yahoo League this spring. Wow, amazing. So he's, he's been the best value maybe of, the, of any draft. So two names from New York, DJ LeMayhew and Pete Alonso. And how about LeMayhew? He might be the MVP of the Yankees right now. He might be the MVP of the American League. I'll Certainly the best value signing of the offseason. Initially looked like a spare part for the Yankees, but you know here he is. He's on pace for 122 runs scored, 121 RBIs. <laughs> Um, ridiculous numbers for him so far this year. Pete Alonso, someone who I'm not sure if we had high expectations for going into the season, given the strikeout rate in the minors and even just the playing time situation. But, you know, made the all-star team as 28 homers. He's been a monster. Already broke the rookie record for Mets for, with the Mets for home runs. He's not quite striking out as much as we thought no, he might, too. No, about a quarter of his plate appearances. Yeah. So, um, could, could tell Marte on that graphic. 22 home runs through his first 1,548 Major League plate appearances. He has 20 this year. He actually hasn't homered in two weeks as of Monday afternoon or when we're recording Maybe this. Maybe not but. 40 homers, but still <laughs> yeah. very good. But, I mean, he's a switch hitter who is attacking middle away. You know, that's pretty unique, and he's only 25 years old. I think this could be a legitimate breakout. He's got elite contact skills, yep. too. He's right? good. He's Fly really ball good. rate is up. You know, I think the power could come down a little bit, but yeah. he's got a little bit of a floor there with that ability to make contact. Multi-position eligibility, too, sure. so super handy. Uh, and Fantasy League. So now we're going to look at the top 15 pitchers that were taken in our mock draft back in March. And uh, not a surprise here at the top, Max Scherzer, Chris, Chris Sale, 1-2. DeGrom, number three, off the, the Cy Young Award. So um, I think the big one that stands out to me as far as, as a disappointment here in the first half is, is Aaron Nola. Um, you know, had elite control last year, had a 2.37 ERA. Uh, just the walks have gone way up this year, 3.56 walks per nine innings, up from 2.46 last year. His home, rate, home run rate has almost doubled from last year as well. He's not alone in that regard, but it's a reason why the ERA sits as it has. Now, his last two starts have been really good, just one walk in each, 10 strikeouts in each. So maybe we'll see the Aaron Nolan we expected as the second half rolls along. Yeah, he has some ugly outings sprinkled in with really good ones. And we, right. we're seeing that from a lot of pitchers yes. this year. But it has been a weird look environment. At, yeah, you look at the top four, like Chris Sale, the ERA is still elevated after that weird April he had. Couldn't find his velocity, yep. but he's been good the last couple of months. Ten double-digit strikeout games in his last 13 yeah, starts. So, so you're pretty Sale, satisfied. He's, he's all right. And DeGrom, he's you know not going to be on the actual top five, but he's been fine. I mean, the strikeouts are still there. The ERA is good. 2-8-1 ERA over his last 12 starts for DeGrom. Yeah. So he's he's basically doing what he's supposed to be doing. Yeah, right. so I, yeah go ahead. Trevor Bauer, uh, he was due for some home run regression. I think he only gave up nine home runs all of last year. He's That's obviously, you know, Come home to roost there, but <laughs> yeah. he's walking way too many guys. I also have some concerns about Terry Francona seemingly wanting to throw him 125 pitches every single start. Yeah. I mean, Bauer seems to think he has an indestructible arm, so hopefully he's right. But <laughs> uh, strikeout rate's fine, though. Velocity's fine. Um, I think he's ultimately going to be okay. So a number of injury guys in here, and you can't, you can never predict this kind of thing. But Corey Kluber, uh, Carlos Carrasco sideline right now, Jamison Tyone. So um, that's impacted things here as well. But one thing, one guy I wanted to ask you about, Drew, uh, Jack Flaherty. 
I think he was one of those guys we thought could jump into that maybe that top yeah, 15, top, top 10 yeah. value as a starting pitcher hasn't worked out so far. I mean, the, the peripherals aren't terrible on him. It, Ryan and I were talking about this earlier today. It's, it's usually like one bad inning that gets mm-hmm. him. The velocity is actually up from what it was last year when he had that really good almost rookie of the year season if it weren't for Ronald Acuna. The walks are down, too. The, the walks, walks were an down. issue for he's, him last year. He's 23 years old. Um, you know, the 4.75 ERA is terrible, but I think he's going to have a good second half. So let's move on to the actual top 15 starting pitchers. When you look at this list, it's very different than the hitters. In fact, there's a lot of names on here we wouldn't have expected. And I think the one that really stands out is Lucas Giolito. Um, and was really good over the weekend as well against a tough Twins lineup. They were missing a couple of regulars, but uh, to me that reinforced his standing for the second half. What do we think about what Giolito's been doing? I mean, he was basically ignored in fantasy drafts this spring. He burned so many people last year. Yeah, and his, he wasn't striking out anybody last year, last few years. But velocity is way up this year. Secondary stuff is much improved. Control can still be an issue for him. He'll have an occasional start where he walks five guys. Um, not a great supporting cast with the White Sox, but... I'm pretty much a believer in what he's yeah, been doing. He's regained some of that velocity that made him one of the top high school pitching right. prospects of the last few decades. Right. Um, Hunjin Ryu obviously stands out. Uh, was dominant last year, too, but just couldn't stay healthy. He did miss some time back in April with a groin injury, but thankfully it wasn't as serious as the groin injury that cost him like three months last year. Um, yeah, if you drafted him, he was like in the high high hundreds, you know, so that's been a huge Yeah, Ryu value. got hit hard this past weekend against the Rockies, but even with that, 1.86 ERA, so he's doing yeah. he's doing pretty good. 1.89 ERA, 1-8-9. And 31 starts since the beginning of last season. Nice. Charlie Morton there in the top five too. There was some ageism with Morton that Justin Verlander didn't yeah. didn't face. I mean, he was the 29th starter off the board in the average. And he had fantasy. the shoulder issue going down the stretch yeah. last year as well. And he, I mean, he's a guy who's always had workload concerns. Last year was first time ever in his career he made 30 starts. He has never come close to 200 innings yeah. in his career. So, I think the concerns were valid, but. Obviously, so far, he's been just fine, been right. more than fine. Right. Josh Hader, I mean, had we known that Corey Knievel was going to get hurt, I think he would have been a top 15 guy on, in the draft, maybe top 10. Yep. Uh, throws more innings than your typical reliever, and now that he has that clear path to saves, I mean, he's been, he's been a great draft day value. So I think this really points out the volatility of relievers. You look at the, the closers in here, Hader, Hand, Yates. Yeah. And then you look at the top relievers that were drafted this spring, uh, Diaz, Trinan, Jansen, generally. Yeah. Uh, so you just never know from year to year, especially in this environment right now with power. Uh, one that stands out for me, Mike Soroka, a rookie pitcher, 2-1-3 ERA and 14 starts. Just excellent control, poised for his age, just 21 years old. I think what stands out about him, though, is the strikeout rate isn't elite, but he's still getting it done. I know there's been concerns about his injury history, obviously, and we don't really know how many innings he's going to throw either. So if there's a na- one of the names on this list who makes sense as a potential sell for the second half, I think Soroka might be that guy. Yeah, threw only 76 innings last year between the minors and majors. He's already at 94 this year, so he's going to hit a wall at some point that the Braves have set there for him. I think he's really talented. I think he could throw 160 innings and be fine, but I doubt they let him do it. So Soroka's a good transition here. We're going to talk about the year of the rookie, all the amazing call-ups and rookies that we've seen so far this season. I mentioned Pete Alonso a little bit earlier. Uh, so we're going to be joined on the line here by Christopher Crawford, our prospect guru. Uh, join him into this conversation here as we break down. Chris, are you are you there? 
I'm there, sir. How's everybody doing? Great. Good. The show just got a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> so, you, so yeah, we've seen. I, I'd say it's safe to say going into drafts, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. was the most anticipated. Uh, rookie arrival this season. It hasn't really worked out as planned. You can see the rookies that were drafted in our mock draft in March. So Vlad Jr., Jesus Luzardo, Chris Paddock, Nick Senzel, Eloy Jimenez. So Paddock, and, and Paddock has really delivered some nice value, but Guerrero's been a little bit of a disappointment. Now, Chris, what are you thinking about him for the second half? Is it just something where he needed to get his feet under him in the majors, or uh, should we be looking at him differently today than we did going into the year? I'd look at him a little bit differently, but not too much. I think one of the things we have to keep in mind with Guerrero was that, one, we had such high expectations, and we expect these rookies, because we've seen so many lately, succeed at such an early, uh, early point in their career that we expected maybe him to be a little better than we probably should have. But I, I actually think that he's been better than those numbers suggest. There was a lot of hard contact that's been caught. There's been some lately. My only issue really is that he's had more issue with contact than I expected him to. Um, still really think that there's a lot to like. There's a reason that this guy's going to be playing in the home run derby. There's, there's, I, I really would be surprised if he didn't end the year on a hot streak. Um, a little disappointed in what we've seen so far, but still have all the, all the reason to believe that he's going to be a successful player for the rest of 2019. So let's get into the rookies that have hit the ground running so far. Pete Alonso stands out as a big one. Austin Riley as well. And then one we didn't expect coming into the year, really a surprise call-up, made the opening day roster, Fernando Tatis Jr. as well. And then on the pitcher side, we mentioned Chris Paddock, Mike Soroka, even Griffin Canning with the Angels, I think, has been useful at certain points in time. And then recently we had Jordan Alvarez called up by the Astros has made an immediate impact. Uh, which one of these guys is standing out to you so far? I mean, you know, there's, there's so many. Mark I, I really go back to Riley. I, I've been <laughs> so impressed, and I know that his average has gone down lately, but the amount of hard contact that this guy is making is just sensational, and the power to all fields, you can't help but be impressed. Uh, Jordan Alvarez, like you said, that's also been really impressive. Uh, super, super power. And then his ability to make hard contact, I think, was always underrated. This was a guy who got from scouts 55 to 60 hit tool grades. Might be better than that now. Might be a guy who we're looking at as a 70 hit, 70 power guy. I think he's going to be a fantasy stalwart for a long time. Um, on the pitching side, uh, Paddock has been super impressive. Uh, the command hasn't been quite as good as I expected. He's, I, I had unreal expectations for him to throw uh, strikes, but just really impressed with how he, they've done, he's done. I do worry a little bit about him with whether or not the Padres are going to maintain those innings. We did, we already saw one uh, kind of interesting send down already. So, but there's there, like you said, all these guys. It's it's amazing how many top prospects have just delivered in 2019, even with the best prospect having an uneven year. And uneven might be playing too nice. So when Oscar Mercado was called up last month, he got kind of lost in the shuffle. A lot of big-name prospects who were called up at the time. But he's actually turned out to be a really useful piece for the Indians and fantasy owners. Yeah, I mean, it was that same week in mid-May where Keston Hira came up, Austin Riley, Brendan Rodgers, Nicky Lopez, Shed Long, Corbin Martin. There's more Jared Walsh, Willie Calhoun came back with the Rangers. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, And yeah, Mercado kind of yeah flew under the radar, like you said, but he's got a 314 batting average. Four home runs, six stolen bases, 11 doubles through his first 39 major league games. I think he can run more, too. He had 210 stolen bases in the minors through, like, four-plus four years there. Yeah, I think most of us thought he could probably be a speed-only guy, at least yeah. initially. But, but he can hit. He's hitting for power, yeah. making a little more contact than we thought he might. 
two rookies with the Pirates who've sort of been under the radar, Kevin Newman and Brian Reynolds. Uh, Reynolds came over in the Andrew McCutcheon trade, hitting 355 with a 967 OPS so far. Kevin Newman leading off for the Pirates recently had a 17-game hitting streak. Also brings some speed to the table. So even beyond these high-profile, big-name rookies and, and call-ups, you have some really under-the-radar guys as well. Yeah, and Brandon Lau as well. Um, you got the Lau right. Yeah. <laughs> He's a guy with big power, also runs a little bit too. The thing that worries me is his contact rate. He's striking out a whole lot. So I, I think we could see some some regression from Brandon Lau, but luckily he also has some position uh, multi 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 position eligibility, so that helps out a little. So we've had some uh, additional arrivals over the past couple of days. Brandon McKay was perfect into the sixth inning in his major league debut over the weekend, a highly anticipated one. Keston Hira back with the Brewers as well. So I'm going to ask you, Chris, looking ahead to the second half, who are the prospects on your list that we that fantasy owners should look out for and stash if they can. That we already saw called up was, uh, but he's been been in the minor sense. Is Luis Arias uh, has just put up monster numbers at the AAA level, really improved the power. Some of that power is not going to translate. He's playing in band boxes in the PCL, so but the, his ability to make hard contact is a guy as a guy it really makes him fantasy relevant, especially playing in probably second base. Uh, Jesus Lazardo, who you actually mentioned a little earlier, uh, kind of reminds me of Soroka, but from the left-handed side, he's a guy who has a high floor and a high ceiling because he's going to be able to miss bats, but he also commands the heck out of all of his arsenal. He's only walked two batters in his first four starts back. I imagine he's up very soon. Uh, Bo Bichette is one of my favorite prospects. He's a guy who has a chance to hit for average. He uh, has more power than he's shown so far. Really smart baseball player who's going to be able to uh, steal some bases and play uh, that premium position at shortstop. And then Dylan Cease, who is a guy who we're going to get seen called up very soon. Uh, a guy who's struggled a little bit lately, but that 70 fastball and 60 curveball, he's going to miss a lot of bats, and I expect him to be better in the professional ranks than he's been in AAA so far. Well, Chris, thank you for joining us. We appreciate your insight. Thanks for having me, guys. Okay, so we're going to move on to players to buy and sell for the second half, um, and we're going to start out here for the sell portion, and um, I'll start with you, Ryan. Yeah, I'm going to go with Austin Riley. Uh, in truth, the best time to sell him was probably a few weeks ago. Uh, he's Started to slump a little bit the last few weeks, but you know his OPS is still well over 900. He's hit a lot of home runs, so I think you could still uh, sell high on him. 32.6% strikeout rate, 4.5% walk rate so far this season. He's got unbelievable power, and I have no questions that he's going to continue to hit for power, but he's a low average guy, doesn't offer any speed, and those guys are kind of in abundance these days in baseball. And it's kind of flying under the radar as Ender Inciarte could be a threat again for him. Inciarte is on his way back here pretty soon. And unquestionably, the Braves' best defensive alignment is Inciarte in center and Ronald Acuna on left. And even on days when Riley does start, they're probably going to remove him late in games if they're ahead. Mm -hmm. So he could lose some at-bats that way. Um, definitely believe in the power, but I'm not sure what else he's going to offer. True. Uh, Carlos Santana for me, and I really liked him as a later round option in drafts. He was going like 175th to 180th overall. That was like Miguel Cabrera, Yuli Gurriel territory. We know that Cabrera's kind of done power-wise, and Gurriel hasn't done a whole lot. But 
Santana's sitting on 18 home runs, 50 RBIs, a 945 OPS, 293 batting average through 82 games with the Indians after you know, a somewhat disappointing year with, with, uh, with the Phillies last year. Um, but I think you want to capitalize on this, this big first half and flip them for some player or multiple players who have more promising upside look, looking ahead to the second half. Santana's 33 years old, uh, was a career 247 hitter coming into the year, so you know the batting average is probably going to regress. Uh, currently has a 306 batting average on balls in play. That's 40 points above his career average. The home run to fly ball ratio is 22%. That's unsustainable. Um, his career home run to fly ball ratio is 14%. So you're expecting regression in the batting average and the power departments. Like I said, the OPS is at 945 right now. His career OPS is 805. Um, so just expecting him to regress. This could still turn into a career year for him, which is pretty remarkable given his age and that the Phillies kind of dumped him after one year. But uh, d- don't don't expect past production from him to carry over in, into the second. So I'm going to sell on a rookie, sort of like how you did here, Fernando Tatis Jr. And that's even acknowledging he's going to be valuable from this point forward as far as power and speed. But I think he's sort of an outlier so far, hitting 337 through 205 plate appearances. But he's doing that with a strikeout rate of 29.3% and a batting average on balls in play of 446. Uh, an important thing to note with that, only two qualified hitters since the year 2000 have even posted a 400 batting average on balls in play over a full season. So maybe he has that rookie hype going for him, and you can sell him a little bit above what his actual value should be during the second half. He's just a little bit over his head. Home so, run to fly ball rate's unsustainable as well. Right, so he'll be a useful piece moving forward. So you could sell on that, um, but I think you could get a really valuable piece in return right now. So now we're going to transition into rebounds, and again, we'll start with you, boy. I'm going to go with uh, Blake Snell. And in, in truth, we came up with this list a few days ago, so that was before yesterday's <laughs> yeah. uh, 12 strikeout game right. from Blake Snell. So <laughs> Very already on the upswing. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, uh, Snell's strand rate last year was 88%. So uh, we knew that there were gonna, was going to be some regression to the mean there. He wasn't going to post a sub-2 ERA again. But there's been really, really an overcorrection in that regard. It's all the way down to 67% so far this year. And his home run rate is way up, even though his fly ball rate is way down. Um, but strikeouts are actually up a tick. Walks are down a tick. And he has an 18% swinging strike rate this season. Drew, where do you think that ranks in, in baseball? 18%. Uh, I guess. <laughs> High. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> number, oh, number one, yes. Number one. See, that's why I you're, that's why you you're a, a fantasy I thought you were just saying. <laughs> you know, 18%. Ahead of Max Scherzer, ahead of Justin Verlander, he's got the highest swinging strike Higher rate in the league. Higher than last year, yeah. Higher than last year. Right. On a good team, a really good defense behind him. I really have no concerns whatsoever with Blake Snell. Uh, Justin Turner, this is almost too obvious because he's been so steady over the last several years, really since joining the Dodgers after your Mets non-tendered him. I mean, yeah. um, he's having a fine year overall, a 301 batting average. On base percentage, three near 390, but he's at nine home runs so far through 77 games. I expect there to be more power. Nobody thought he's going to be like a 30 homer guy, but um, his ex, his exit velocity and hard hit rate are as high as they've been since Statcast began tracking such things. Uh, has one of the biggest gaps between his actual slugging percentage and expected slugging percentage. So. You expect that to, that to rise. I'm thinking there will be more homers moving forward, many more RBIs and runs scored. He's hitting third in that Dodgers lineup, which is really deep and potent. Yeah, I think it's all about health with him. Yeah, right. Yeah. And that Dodgers lineup's loaded yeah. as well. Sure so is. 
Uh, I'll go with Noah Syndergaard. I mean, to see him with a 4.56 ERA through 16 starts just doesn't make any sense to me. Returned from a hamstring injury on Sunday, took the no decision against the tough Braves lineup, three runs in five and a third innings. And you look at the raw stuff, it just, you, you have to expect better moving forward. Excellent control. The swinging strike rate is still right in the top 25 in the majors, right in the same area as Walker Bueller and Mike Miner, who, as we mentioned earlier, top top 15 starting pitchers. We can't talk about Syndergaard, though, without talking about his slider. He's not throwing it as much this year. He's actually changed his grip on it, so it's basically a different pitch right now. And he's blamed partially the baseball, uh, which we haven't talked a lot about so far, but it has impacted the pitcher's ability to grip the baseball. So um, we'll see if Syndergaard adjusts, adjusts to that during the second half or Maybe the baseball changes during the second half. I mean, a lot of things can happen. But if anybody can bounce back during the second half, it's Syndergaard, somebody throws in the high 90s, great stuff. I think he still has that potential to be a top 15 starting pitcher the rest of the way. And you're not going to have to pay that right now in a trade. So I think he's a, a pretty good buy low right now. So we're going to close things out here with a little fun rapid-fire segment. And Drew... Ryan, they have no idea what I'm going to say right now. I'm nervous. But <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to have a little fun with this. So um, just starting out here, it's true or false topics. So, you know, you give me your true false and, and get into your explanation. Wait, but true or fal- false? Okay, true, true or false. false. Got yes, it. it's okay. true. Yes. Okay, so we're going to get started here with Christian Yelich. <laughs> Christian Yelich question here. Christian Yelich will become, become the first NL Triple Crown winner since Joe Medwick in 1937. True or false? False. Um, not that I don't believe You're in what he's the doing at this the point, field. but yeah, you got to take the field over him at this point. Yeah, easier to take the field when it's. It just seems like it's a kind of a dated measurement of of a guy's talent. Right. Um, so yeah, I, I, I would agree that's false. So Bell, Josh Bell, right up there in RBIs right now. Arenado, Bellinger. We don't expect them to slow down necessarily, and uh, Bellinger is right there as far as batting average as well. So a lot of stiff competition there. Uh, moving on to the Cubs, Craig Kimbrell. Will he be a top five fantasy closer for the remainder of the season? I'm going to say true. Um, uh, he admitted that his stuff wasn't quite as sharp as first outing. Velocity was down a little bit, but you know, given the volatility of the relief market, and I mean, he's in a great situation, obviously, with the yeah. Cubs. I think top five is reasonable. Yeah, I feel like I want to see a little more from him before I give my answer. Uh, but I'll say true for now because we know he has the track record. He's, he's been one of the best closers of the past decade. How about Chris Davis? Will he hit 247 for the fifth straight season? <laughs> um, I'm going to say that's false. Ooh. Um, I hate to break with, it, with <laughs> it history. It seems mathematically but... impossible, even though he's <laughs> done mean, it for— he's got to hit at least like 249, right? <laughs> Um, okay, so uh, Madison Bumgarner will be traded to a contender in July, but his fantasy stock will take a hit in the process. True. Try to get it in. Expound on that. Well, I think he could go to like the Brewers would make a lot of sense, and to move from Oracle Park—that's what it's called now in San Francisco—to right. to Milwaukee Miller Park uh, would be a big change. I mean, he's pitching in maybe the best pitching environment in baseball, or one of them. Um, but I don't know. I mean, he's such a, a, a workhorse, a postseason proven ace that maybe he would get invigorated by it. I mean, that's a narrative, but... Yeah, I'm going to go true as well. Yeah. I mean, the Yankees have been Yankees. connected to him yeah. as well. That would be a, a tough environment to go to go into, so I'll go true. Maybe the wins will be there, but yeah. the ERA, maybe not. So uh, the Red Sox, Braves, and Cardinals will all trade for closers before the end of July. 
Red Sox makes a lot of sense. Uh, the 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 they all do, I guess. Right. I I don't think the Cardinals I are. The Cardinals I think really that Carlos Martinez is probably just going to keep the job. Yeah, I think um, they're really worried about his shoulder holding up as a starter. Yeah, that's, they've right. let him talk about wanting to transition to the rotation, but they've never really come out and said it's going to happen. Right. So, the Red Sox unquestionably will trade yeah. for a closer. So closers who could be traded this month, Will Smith, you'd say, Definitely. Shane Green, yeah. other ones sticking out to you guys? Uh, Ken Giles. Ken Giles. Ken Giles perhaps. is a good one. Uh, I saw Will Smith connected to the Twins. That would probably be about a best-case scenario for him because he, he'd still close, I would assume. Uh, he might just be in that mix with That's Blake true. Parker and yeah. Trevor May, but yeah. it's going to be a frustrating t- – it's already been a frustrating year for, for tracking saves. It's going to get more frustrating. Yeah. So our final true-false, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. will prove to be the top fantasy rookie after the All-Star break. Who's in contention um, here? Um, I'm going to uh, – it's kind of a cop and answer, but I'll still take the field, even though I would, if you're giving me odds, I would probably put him at the top. There are a lot of good rookies, man. Yeah, know. Eloy Jimenez has turned it on recently yeah, as well. And I expect that to continue. And as you mentioned with Fernando Tatis Jr., we expect regression, but he's still such a really good fantasy option yeah. if you're with the stolen bases and the power. So a lot of really good rookies. Get caught up on all of the latest MLB news on the go with the Roto-World Baseball podcast every Tuesday and Friday. Check it out on rotoworld.com slash podcast or wherever podcasts are found. Drew, thank you. Ryan, thank you. I hope you enjoyed the first Roto-World midseason classic. Good luck in the second half. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.